Hey everyone, it's Dean at Let's Go Up. I hope you're having an awesome week. A couple of months ago, Caritas messaged me and said, My uncle is in town from Iceland. He's a nuclear physicist and he's here for a 50-year class reunion. He went to university down in the United States. Do you think he would be a good guest on Let's Go Up? And I was like, hey, that's wonderful. I would love to talk to a nuclear physicist. I thought we could talk about science, the universe, all kinds of other cool things that pique my interest. But once he arrived, the first thing he said was, let's not discuss what we're going to talk about on air. Let's just let the Holy Spirit lead our conversation. And once we got into the conversation, I realized this man just wants to talk about Jesus. He wanted to tell us the story about how he met Jesus. And when he started talking about it, you could tell it was still as fresh today as it was all those years ago. He had such an amazing heart for his home country of Iceland. And he had such an amazing testimony of how the Holy Spirit had led him through his life, all the way from being a young man to where he is now. And in the end, it was an amazing conversation with an amazing follower of Jesus. What a testament to a life lived in sync with the Holy Spirit and with the leading of the Holy Spirit. And so here today is Uncle Thorsted. I hope you enjoy this conversation as much as we did. God bless. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Let's Go Up Podcast Edition. Yeah, where we explore the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. Greatest. Dean. We have a guest with us today. Oh, we have a very special guest who's joined us all the way from Iceland, Thorsted Oskarsson. There we go. Yeah, we're so grateful that you could come on the air today with us. Thorsted's joined us here in North America. He had a 50-year reunion at a university in LA after receiving his PhD in physics. So he was meeting some of his old friends and decided to grace us with his presence and have some fun talking about Jesus and uh, all of that wonderful stuff. So Thor said, you told me a cool story about something that happened to you on your road trip down to LA last week. Yeah, it was, uh, we had come to LA it's in Claremont. It's, a, it's like a section of the L.A. Metropolitan. Mm-hmm. And we had been in a house where we met our previous schoolmates. It was 50 years ago since I'd seen many of them. <laughs> and it was just wonderful. Yeah, did you recognize any of their faces? <laughs> they were older than I. A little, little bit older? <laughs> quite a lot older. But I, I was the same. 50 but, years, that's a long time. Uh, half a century. Half you know. a century. Mm. They they got a medallion, a medal, right? That's right. Congratulations, fifty years ago. Thank you. <laughs> you made it to the reunion. We talked with them and uh, had just wonderful time, but then we needed to go back and find the hotel, and it's uh, San Bernardino Freeway, and we needed to uh, find a road, but somehow I just turned off the wrong road. So now you're lost in the middle of. Los Angeles. The problem is I couldn't go back on the freeway. There was some uh, road construction and there was a detour. And we were low on fuel. 
Very low, I hear. Yeah. yeah. And, and it was about almost midnight. Not a lot of gas stations. And you're open. trying to trying to keep your eyes open. Yeah, I, I was uh, in, in a not so nice situation. A tight spot. Yeah, and the tight spot is yeah. is correct way of putting it. And I had driven a fair distance, and then uh, I was still considering how I should continue. And suddenly there was a young, beautiful policeman. I found him refreshing. And normally I had heard that when a policeman addresses you, you should be alert. <laughs> yeah, it's, just, okay. it's an uncomfortable situation. <laughs> but this one, he just, I rolled down the window and he asked me for a, my driver's license. Of course, I had an Icelandic driver's license. And, I, and that excited him, didn't it? <laughs> yeah, he felt like a very uncomfortable to talk to a foreigner near midnight. Yeah, and uh, most I, random thing for his shift. He probably told everybody when he went back to the station. You'll never guess who I ran into. This random man and his wife from Iceland. <laughs> he may have, <laughs> but at any rate, I asked him, "How do I get on this road?" And uh, he told me, "Just continue and then uh, make a right." It was uh, something that I didn't expect, especially when I continued. It was so easy to follow. So let me ask you a question. So you're driving along, you're lost, you don't know where you're going, you're low on fuel. That's right. And you see this policeman, is he standing on a corner or? Not on a corner, it was uh, like a lane. He was kind of guiding the traffic and I, I was surprised in the middle of the night. Mm -hmm. Was uh, there a beam of light coming down? No, 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 no. Have, oh, you, con have you considered that he might have been an angel? I didn't think so. I just thought he was a nice policeman just Perfect doing his timing. work. Perfect timing. Yeah. Yeah. He was just so kind and mm. it was comforting. Right. And then before I had uh, driven for a long time, I found the right road and found the hotel. Did you find gas? Nope. The next, nope. Maybe the next day? The next day? <laughs> the next day I had okay. to find... But you didn't run out of gas? No, 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 no. It was, it was, it was just... Uh, it was just so convenient. The relief you must have felt. Oh, yes. <laughs> Especially when my wife was happy with the room I had. Mm. We, we received at the hotel. Bonus. It just worked so well. But the important thing, we had been praying about this, and God answered these prayers in his way. Mm -hmm. And this is not the first time. Many, many times. What I find so interesting about your story that you're just telling me is how you describe the policeman as being so kind. Yeah. Because the kindness of God on our lives. He could have just been any random policeman that was trying to get traffic moving, but he was kind. He, he was kind and he was considerate. And that was just, it was wonderful. Mm. And uh, things then continued. Then we flew back here on Sunday. So you say this is only one time. You say there's many times like this in your life. Oh, yes. Tell me about another one. I worked in a smelter, which means that it's an Iceland uh, factory that produces aluminum. Oh, yeah. And uh, that was fine, except uh, it's like an office job. Right. You sit at a chair, and I had the backache, horrible backache. Because of sitting in the chair all the time. Yeah, sitting in the chair. We should be moving more than we are sitting. Yes, we should be. <laughs> And uh, then I uh, strained myself. I had lifted a heavy load in the wrong way, and I felt like uh, there was something wrong with uh, my back. And it just persisted. And when you have a backache, yeah, you feel uh, bad. 
Mm-hmm. I had gone to a doctor and all of that, and he said, you need to move. I tried that, and after a while, it, there would be a, a lapse. Yeah, I would get pain again, and then I would have to stay home a few days because my backache was... Uh, so it kept coming back then. Yeah, it came coming back. When you cannot do what you are used to, it influences it. Yes. At least it influences me. Mm-hmm. Then I went to church, and I... Um, Ask people to pray for me. And then uh, one day, I just felt no p- more pain. Mm. And that's about 25 years ago. And that has been permanent. Wow. No pain No pain day. at all. Wow. That is something I'm uh, reminded of almost every day. And that's wonderful. It's just how God is. He just works wonders. He does. Yeah. Thurston, I have a similar story. About 15 years ago, one night, I went into a dark room. And I was going to walk over to the other side of the room and flip on the light switch because I knew where the light switch was by feel. I could feel it through the dark. But somebody had piled some stuff on the floor that I didn't know about. And when I was trying to find that light switch, I tripped over that pile of stuff. I fell and I hit my head on a concrete stair. And... I started getting migraines. I had never had headaches before in my life. I didn't even know what it felt like. And it persisted to the place where a couple of years after it happened, I had a headache one time for a period of eight months. It was constant. It was always there. It never went away. And I prayed and I prayed and I was like, God, I need this to go away. I can't live like this. So my wife and I went to a conference down in the United States. They started doing the worship. They started singing. And a little while later, the the guest speaker got up to speak. And she said, I feel like God is healing somebody from migraines right now. And the moment that she said that, I felt this warm, almost like oil was poured down the back of my head. And it just covered my whole head and my shoulders. And from that day on, I haven't had one single headache the same thing, permanent. <laughs> Every day I thank Jesus that he's a healer and that he healed my headache just like your back. Yeah, it, it's just wonderful to have such an experience. But sometimes we cannot understand why things are the way they are. Mm-hmm. But we should focus our eyes on Jesus. Yes. So good. When we put our eyes on ourselves, we don't see very much good. That's true. We need to keep our eyes on him. Mm-hmm. What I want to do now is to tell people how I got to know Jesus. Mm. Please do. That is the most important event in my life. Yes, tell us about (laughs) it. Well, when I was in Westman Island, I... I, These are a little group of islands off off of the coast of Iceland. That's right. (laughs) Okay. For those of you who didn't grow up knowing what the Westman Islands were. I was raised up with a Christian family. My father and my mother, they were both Christians. I knew exactly what was in the Bible. Mm -hmm. And then I had interest in science. I don't know why, but I found science interesting, especially like physics or something like that. And Mm -hmm. for me, you know, the world has a beginning and somebody created the world and the life. It was no, no real issue. But then came a question, who is Jesus? I kind of, I avoided to address that question. I went to then uh, to a school in, in Claremont. So that's I, the reunion that you just went to then, right? Yeah. So you came from Iceland to the United States, went to school there. That's right. For how many years? I, I finished the college there. Okay. 
but it's four years, and four then years. I continued in the University of Maryland. I got a BS in physics, and then I continued, and I had all kinds of dreams. I wanted to be a scientist. I did fairly well in school, actually, really well. I heard you got some pretty epic job offerings when you graduated. I just wanted to pursue what I thought was interesting, and I wanted to be a scientist, and I, I saw the difference between Iceland and here. There were so many opportunities. Right. In Iceland, we, we are about 360,000 people. Mm. Some people say it's like one horse town or very small. Not, not many job offerings no, no, no. or opportunities for a physicist. Or very limited. Mm-hmm. But at any rate, I finished this school. When I was in Maryland, I expected to have great results. Things were going quite well. And then something happened. It was like I was not getting anywhere. When you go for a PhD, you have to solve some type of problem that's not been done before. Okay. And uh, I felt I didn't really get enough results, and that bothered me. I was going to go to Iceland to visit my parents, and I thought, you know, well, I should go to church just Mm. to be able to say... (laughs) If they ask. If they ask. If anybody asks, I did go to church. (laughs) That was the motivation behind going. Yeah, that's true. That was uh, mm-hmm. the way I was thinking about Jesus. It had very little to do with my life then. Yeah. Then I noticed a Pentecostal church where I was driving regularly to school. And I said, you know, I should go to that church. And I did. So you were driving by it every day when you went to school. Yeah, I had driven this road for about three years okay. <laughs> and not noticed. And then suddenly I noticed. And I said, you know, I should go there just to be able to tell my parents that I went to a Pentecostal church. So when you go back to Iceland, you can say, I went to church in America. That's right. Okay. Just, just to please them, because okay. I, I, I love my parents. Okay. And then I went to this church, and the pastor, he talked about accepting Jesus yeah. and forgiveness of sins. I had heard that message many, many times before, mm-hmm. but somehow it hit me. Either my parents are crazy, or this is something I should consider and and really address. And so I decided to go forward and ask for forgiveness Mm. with the intent to find out. Mm. Because this is going to be something which is going to influence my life. So I went forward to the pulpit, and I prayed the sinner's prayer. The first time you went to church, this happened? The first time I had gone to church with the intention to see if this is true or not. Or not. Mm. Then when I asked Jesus to forgive me my sins, all of these questions about the purpose of life, like uh, why I was here, Mm -hmm. it just vanished. Mm. And a peace came into my heart, peace beyond my understanding. So you went with intention. You decided you were going to try it to make sure and to see if it was true or not. And when you said yes to Jesus, all the questions went away. All the questions went away. Yeah. And Jesus, he came into my life. Mm-hmm. And the issue of Jesus became real. He was the person. He said he was. All of these questions were just answered. Wow. In one, in one moment. moment. In one moment. Yeah. I see it still 
has such a powerful effect on you when you think of that moment. That's yeah, when you tell the story, I can tell that it's still so precious to you after all these years. And that was 50 years ago or more than 50 years ago. I was 28 then. So I'm now 74. So it's. Uh, you do the math. Okay. <laughs> it's more than 40 years ago, at least. Yeah. You know, it reminds me of when, when Jesus says, Come to me, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Yes. And it's like he took everything you were carrying on your shoulders or in your heart or in your mind. And he gave you what, what he was carrying, and you were just flooded with his peace. That's right. And it gave me a completely new perspective on my life. The motivation of doing science was still there, but it was not in the first priority. Mm. Jesus became a first priority, and it changed the direction of my life. So then where did you go from there? You went back to Iceland to visit yeah, your parents? Yeah, I, I went and visited my parents. I went to church! A lot more excited than you were. <laughs> I told them that I had accepted Jesus and I wanted oh, to be baptized. Okay. Did you get baptized when you went back then? I decided to be baptized where I was known because mm, right. I wanted to tell uh, the people in Westman Island I had accepted Jesus. You wanted to testify. Yeah. He, he grew up in a really small town too, so he knows the whole small town. The whole town, town knows. Vibe. They know yeah. When something happens, the entire town knows. Well, here I'm thinking when something happens, the entire island knows. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. The, the island was about 4,000 people living there. Yeah. And everyone knows everyone. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I know that feeling. <laughs> I felt just after I uh, had accepted Jesus that I should go to Iceland because I felt that people didn't know Jesus there. They heard of him, but they didn't know him as a personal savior. There were more people in the States than in Iceland that knew Jesus You've got this PhD, this, these accolades, you have all this opportunity in the States, but you see that Jesus is drawing your eyes somewhere else. Yeah, because there are many, many people that are doing science. They're doing a wonderful job, but not enough people are talking about Jesus. And this is more important in my eyes than doing science. So you moved back to Iceland. Yes. You felt the Holy Spirit lead you back home. Yes, I, I felt that. But your original intent was to try to stay and make a career in the United States. I was not seeking wealth or something like that. I wanted to seek the truth. But then I found the truth. And you got the truth and it set you free. That's right. And the truth is Jesus. So then you went back to Iceland? Yes. And when did you meet your wife? In 84. Okay. 1984. You made a life in Iceland. Still on the same island, or did you move? No, to I had. I went to mainland Iceland. It has only one city, and we Reykjavik. Yeah, I started teaching, and then I found out that I needed to change job if I was going to have a family. I needed a little bit more income, yeah. so I started working in the smelter, which was fine. So, were you able to use some of your scientific knowledge, knowledge yeah. in the smelting plant? Oh, yeah. The way you think is you try to solve problems. Okay. That was what came handy for me right. because I was trying to solve problems there. But I will tell you how I got the job. I applied for a job there and then I got an interview and uh, there was a nice man. It was, his name is Peter. Was he kind? Yeah, he was, he was <laughs> kind and he invited me for lunch. I uh, did like I normally do. I sat down and I thanked Jesus for the meal. Did you have that Icelandic, what is it, fish or shark? What is it? That the, they... the rotten shark? Oh, no, <laughs> no? Not, not at that time. Okay. But that, that's, that's only eaten in the month of January. Oh, in January. You only yeah. eat the rotten shark in January, Dean. Okay, okay. <laughs> What's right, it so called? You... Hack, hackerel? It's uh, haukatl. 
Okay, I'll let you try to repeat that. <laughs> no, sorry, I'm good. So you're sitting down at lunch with him? Yeah, I was sitting down at lunch with him, and he was uh, just interviewing me, and yep. then we uh, ate the meal together, and then uh, I left, and I found out later that I was being hired. And then about 10 years later, he told me I had many applicants, but you were the one that thanked God for the meal, and that kind of gave me the indication I should select you. Actually, I later found out that he was the son of a preacher. Okay. <laughs> but I didn't know then. So that's called divine favor. That's right. The favor of God was on you because you were following his path for your life. Yeah. And, and you got selected out of numerous applicants. That, that's right. And not because of my knowledge, it's because I prayed. Because you prayed for the meal. Yeah. And then we became friends. And uh, he, he's from Switzerland. He has a wonderful family there. So how long did you work for the smelting? Uh, about 30 years. Oh, 30 years. Wow. I was known to be a Christian in that. Mm. Mm. So you used the problem-solving skills that you learned in your schooling, in it, your job. The way you think that was uh, beneficial for me and also for the smelter. Well, obviously, if you stayed there for 30 years, it must have been. Yeah. <laughs> so tell me about your family. I have uh, three sons and three one sons. daughter, uh, nine uh, grandchildren. Mm. And intensity's on the way. When I came to the reunion, I had shown pictures of me and my family, and they were surprised how prosperous I was. Many of my classmates say I had two or three children, and not so many grandchildren. You said they were surprised at how prosperous I was. Yeah. I love the way you used that word prosperous, because prosperous in our life means so much more than the money. It's the people and the relationships and the family and the whole umbrella of God's favor over our lives, over a lifetime, in all the different areas. Prosperous in your marriage, prosperous in your family, prosperous in your job, mm -hmm. prosperous in your health, your back is healed, prosperous in your soul. Um, you have joy, you're happy, you're living a life that he has intended for you, and that makes you prosperous. All of those things encompass prosperity in our lives. And they noticed that on you at the reunion, did they? Yeah, they did. Many of them are well off, mm -hmm. like for money-wise, but that's only one facet of prosperity. Not only that, but it says, I think, in the book of Proverbs, the blessing of the Lord makes rich, and there's no sorrow added to it. So you can even have money if you're not under the blessing of God, and there will be sorrow attached to it in some way. It doesn't even make you happy. That is the point. You see, to be glad in the Lord, mm -hmm. that's the true richness. Yeah. That is just wonderful to be able to tell people about Christ, because one of his commands is to love others. Mm -hmm. And one way of loving others is to tell them about Jesus. And sometimes we don't do it with words. It's just the way we behave. Like when my parents had picked you up from Seattle, they're driving through the border, and you have to be very serious when you go through customs, right? Serious business here. No right. smiling or laughing. So the customs officer does her drill around the questions and the interrogations. Yes. <laughs> and what did you say to her? And it just completely changed her demeanor. Oh, God bless you. Give you a good day. My mother had said her entire demeanor changed, like almost unexpected, the blessing she received. I feel like you carry such an anointing for blessing. Just spending time talking to you here, you have such a blessing on your life. And even for you just to say, have a good day, bless you. 
that comes off you and that goes on to somebody. I have a question. You said that your joy is to tell people about Jesus, and that's the reason why you moved back to Iceland, because you said lots of people in America know about Jesus, but not so many in Iceland know about Jesus. So tell me your experience. What did life look like in Iceland with you telling people about Jesus? There are instances people go through suffering. Yes, they do. I remember especially a relative of mine. He lost his son. You know, I went to his house, and there was a lot of sorrow because he was a young man. And the the Holy Spirit just gave me a word to tell them. There were words of comfort. Mm -hmm. It just hit impactful in that situation because we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. We are used by the Holy Spirit if we allow him to use us. It's wonderful to be an instrument of the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. It was so obvious one could see that the worst of the sorrow was taken away from them, even though they were suffering. Because those are often situations where if you're trying to do it in your own mind, and your own strength, the words just fall flat on the floor, right? There are no words that we could give someone in that type of grief. When you're walking in step with the Holy Spirit and you're allowing Him to speak through you, He knows exactly what they need to hear. That's right. He is the comforter, and I think one should expect to be used in everyday Yeah, I like the way you put that. Expect to be used in everyday situations. I have a question for you. I don't know how to even put this, but in a day-to-day lifestyle where you get up in the morning, you go to work, and you do your job, and then you come home, and we all get into this routine where we kind of work from day to day and from week to week and from month to month, and our lives take on this cycle. Mm -hmm. You seem to be a person who has a very close relationship with the Holy Spirit. Can you tell me, in the day-to-day grind of life, every little decision that you come across during the day, what does it look like to live with the Holy Spirit in you in all those little moments throughout the day and throughout the months and throughout the years? Do you have something that you do? Do you say a prayer before you need to make a decision? Or how do you navigate life? How does the Holy Spirit help you through your day? I, I find it very useful to talk in tongues. It is to build my inner being. I don't have the right words in the right situation, but the Holy Spirit, He will give you Mm. and He will lead you. The important thing for me is to give Holy Spirit time, spend time with Him Mm -hmm. and invite Him and be aware when I do that. Invite Him into our space. That's right. To be with us and be led by Him because He is His person. And then I think it's important to go and pray with others. Mm -hmm. I regularly attend the prayer meetings in my church. There are not so many that do that. And I think it's one of the undervalued activities in the church because nothing happens without prayer. We cannot uh, change things, but the Lord can Mm -hmm. because he is all-powerful. But I think the important issue is how you spend your time because that's one thing you can't decide. Every day we make choices. Mm -hmm or decisions. And one one of the most important decisions is, what do you do for Jesus? Thorsted, that was a mic drop moment right there. So good. So first thing when you get up in the morning, make the decision to put him first in everything that you do throughout the day. For example, one thing is we always have meals 
But, you know, we also need to read a little bit from the Bible because that's food for our spiritual being. And don't forget that. I think it's it's a, a, that's important because it's so easy to think, well, I've read the Bible three times, but you didn't just eat three meals in your life. That's <laughs> right. Like, you have to keep eating. It's the most scrumptious meal of the day. That's right. <laughs> One thing I love that you said is even when you were at work, everyone knew you knew Jesus. How come everyone knew you knew Jesus? Well, I told them that you I was. Told a him of them, and your your demeanor or your behaviors were they? I, I hope so. <laughs> they saw it. You always have an opportunity when you're alone with somebody. If they trust you, then they open themselves up to you and they talk about the issues that they are facing with, mm-hmm. and you can pray with them. I don't have a really good understanding of Iceland, but can I ask you a question of the spiritual climate of Iceland? What does it look like? I have some friends who have gone there on different church trips, and they seem to indicate that there's not a lot of spiritual thought in Iceland at all. What are the churches like? Are they alive? Are there Especially from the past 30 years, like you said, there's so many Christians in the United States, but the Lord was saying, I want you in Iceland because people there need to know me. Have you seen personally a shift or a growth? The main church in Iceland is Lutheran. When you confess Christianity, you are confirmed. I knew exactly what it meant to accept Jesus because I had gone many, many times to a service and I knew if you accepted Jesus, you uh, allowed Jesus to form your life. In other words, you would attend church and you would talk to him and you would pray to him and you would give him time. But what I felt was so strange is that people would go through like instruction for confirmation and then they would be confirmed at the church. But after that, they would sell them or never attend the church, which I thought was crazy. You confirmed to be a disciple of Jesus, and you never went and visited him, and you didn't pray. You know why? Didn't you mean what you said? The people, they don't know Jesus, because if you know Jesus, you have a fellowship with him, and he's your friend. Somehow they uh, didn't expect to have a friend in Jesus. They know about him, but didn't know him, like how you experienced him so personally, And then your whole life, it was just intimate and personal, and he's in you, works through you. Such a radical shift into a relationship with him. Life-changing. That's life-changing. I feel that they are just asleep. They've heard of Jesus, but they are not talking about him, and he's not influencing a lot of their lives, Mm. except they pray with the children. I know that. Mm -hmm. So... To answer your question, is it, it's sometimes difficult to answer, but I think that it needs to be revived. They don't know the Holy Spirit. And I think the emphasis of the Pentecostal movement is to point to the Holy Spirit, that he's there, he's in the Bible, and he, he is really with us. Mm. Mm. There's so much more available than a lot of us have experienced or thought. That's right. Yeah. And when you when you start truly walking with him, you can't go back. <laughs> and then you start to think, how can you live like this? That's right. It's just too good. So we need to pray for Iceland then. Definitely. And, Definitely. Uh, we need to pray that God will open up a portal of his glory. I think there's awareness that the Holy Spirit is with us and he opens the eyes of the conditions of the people. Mm-hmm. And I feel like there is a spirit in Iceland which closes their nation's eyes for the Holy Spirit. Mm. 
what the Icelanders need is to have their eyes opened. Thurston, I have an assignment for you. Good. <laughs> Yippee. <laughs> You're 74 years old now. Yeah. You've lived a life in step with the Holy Spirit. You've done your schooling. You've done your career. You have a family. And now you're in a place in your life where you have time and you can pray for your country. And that's what I do. That's what you do. That's your assignment. I feel that that is something which is very serious. I think it was in 1906 or something like that. In Azusa Street, there was a movement of the Holy Spirit. Yes, there was, yeah. There were two people. One was in uh, North Dakota, if I remember correctly. Mm -hmm. And he saw a vision of the uh, Westman Island. And he should go there. And this was, I think, in 1912. And he came in 1921 on Independence Day. Another Icelandic woman came with him. And they came to the Westman Island. He told them that they needed the Holy Spirit. There was about 80 people that accepted Jesus on that day. That was the start of a movement. And the reason Westman Island was chosen, I believe, is there was once a Lutheran priest that was killed because of he was a priest. There were, he was a martyr. He was a martyr. And also the Westman Islands, it means the Irish. And there were Irish monks there mm. that had prayed for Westman Island. And this is why God has chosen that place. He remembers the way that we say it here is there was a well that was dug and the well has gotten, it got filled in with dirt. We need to redig the well. That's right. But there's a well and that's a good thing. There's a starting place. So we need to pray that the well will be redug and the Holy Spirit will be poured out on Westman Island and on all of Iceland. And this is what Iceland needs. It needs a renewal of the Holy Spirit mm -hmm. to know Jesus in a personal way. I think I have a new thing to add to my prayer list now that you're here today. Thank you. <laughs> I'm going to start praying for your country. So now we at least two of us will pray for Iceland. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> you know, I've always wanted to visit Iceland. I've always had it in my heart to go there for some reason, but I've never had the opportunity. So maybe someday I'll come. Maybe Cretus will go there again. Yes, we could go together. We will get spoiled and loved <laughs> as we always are. And then we can make a trip around the island and we can pray in all kinds of places. I'm getting inspired. <laughs> That's wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I actually feel also that here, Canada needs uh, also oh, yes. a oh, yeah. renewal of the yeah. Holy Spirit. Yeah. There is a genuine need everywhere. You're right. But you're welcome to Iceland. <laughs> And to see the rest of my family. Someday. God willing. <laughs> that was so inspiring. Thank you. Thank you so much for sharing. Yeah, thanks for coming today. I know that you're with family and you took time out of your schedule to come be with us today. But it's just refreshing. I can feel the Holy Spirit on you and I can feel the Holy Spirit coming off you into the studio. And I can also feel the blessing of God that's on your life. You carry such presence of the blessing and the Holy Spirit on your life. So thanks for coming today. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. I want to thank you for allowing me to talk because what I want, I want people to get to know Jesus. Mm -hmm. And if somebody listens and or is in the same situation as I was, I will tell him, give him a chance. Ask him to come into your life. And you won't be disappointed. And you will have a rich life. That's your testimony. That's mm -hmm. right. There's no other way to live that makes any sense in my estimation. Mm -hmm. He was the answer to 
every one of your questions. That's right. In your entire life, your scientific, complicated, genius mind, he answered everything in a moment. Nothing else can do that. That's true. Okay. Thanks for joining us today. I hope you've enjoyed this conversation as much as we have. Mm -hmm. I sure did. It's been great. If this podcast was encouraging to you, consider hitting like and subscribe. And if you're watching on YouTube, hit the notification bell. Excellent. Have a great week and we'll see you next Monday. Have an awesome week. Bye.